0: So today, I want to take one Sunday, just one, to talk about um, baptism. Um, not because it's a very interesting topic, because, I mean, to be honest, uh, this has a tendency to feel a bit more like a lecture, like back in college, high school days. Um, but I'm going to try my best to make it really interesting, because it is really, really important. And so I really think it's uh, worthy of talking about. And it's important because, uh, to talk about, because um, something that we talk about here at Infuse and um, uh, that's kind of becoming a part of our culture is this idea that discovery, discovery is a catalyst for change and growth. When you discover something new, it is a catalyst for you to do something different, to make a different decision, to make different choices, to think differently when you discover something new. For example, if you discover that tomorrow there is a buy one, get one free at Kohl's, it may increase the chance that you decide to go to Kohl's tomorrow. I know it would me. If you, dis- if you discover that you have a free Starbucks drink, you know, you can get your Trente Latte for 100% free tomorrow only, is it not, when you discover that, is it not going to impact perhaps your choices of where you go tomorrow to get that Trente Latte? For example, if you discover that next Sunday, here at Infused Church, we're going to have Kona ice and Marco's grilled cheese for free, might it impact your decision of where you go or not go to church next week? Thank you. And of course, you're going to bring all your friends with you. See, I'm trying to, anyways, okay. Um, Yeah, so anyways, discovery being the catalyst to change. And that's why I think it's really important to understand and to know baptism really well, because baptism in Christianity is a really important milestone. It's a milestone in, in an individual's life, and it's a milestone as far as everyone else around you is concerned as well. And milestones have an interesting origin. Uh, it's actually pretty straightforward. This is a milestone. And back in the Roman Empire, they used these to—you'll never guess what it marked—a mile. I know <laughs> thank you. those dramatic gasps. If you were online, there was gasping. Yes, yeah, so this would this would mark progress in a journey, right, and then it became just a part of our uh, vocabulary to mark certain stages in our lives, certain points in our lives. And so what I thought it'd be kind of fun to do is to show you, I'm going to show you three pictures, and then I want you to yell out, and if you're watching online, you can jump in the chat box. I want you to tell me a milestone associated with the picture that I'm going to show you, okay? You ready for this? little game here. Let's get started. Milestones. Here we go. First one, it's a classroom. What's a milestone? that was really good. I was thinking graduation, but you all, nobody said that. Okay, we're just on different wavelengths. That's fine. We got more choice chances. Okay, here we go. Next picture is? Writing yeah, without training. yeah, learning to ride a bike. Yeah, on your own. Okay, this one's going to be great. Let's see what you come up with this one. Here you go. <laughs> potty, potty, training. potty training, yeah. And I don't know if you knew this, but um, ladies, you have one milestone, and it's potty training men have three milestones potty training making it into the potty not around the potty some of you have yet to hit that milestone um, and then uh, the the last one um, being putting the seat down yes thank you yeah I, I figured i'd get one you know amen yes praise jesus yeah Absolutely, yes. Um, Yeah, some of you really like infused Church today, like nudging your husband. Um, So anyways, yeah, so there's milestones, and every time we hit a milestone, we tend to celebrate, we tend to cheer, yay, it's exciting, we feel good, everybody around us feels good. Um, And uh, for for, uh, me personally, I had, um, we, my wife and I, our family, we had a milestone. It wasn't actually a milestone that I was really expecting or I actually really thought about um, myself. I, I wasn't planning on it. It just kind of happened, and it really actually caught me off guard. Um, a few weeks ago last month, um, uh, we were on vacation, and we were walking somewhere as a family. I can't remember exactly, uh, and we have three kids, uh, three soon to be two and three months, and our oldest, our three-year-old, and um, we were walking, and actually I should demonstrate. Um, we were walking. I was holding the three-month-old kind of like this, And she was like facing, three-month-old facing out, and I had my water bottle, this exact water bottle, this is a big water bottle, in front holding um, our our three-month-old Easton. And as we're walking along, you know, this is like clattering because I'm like trying to hold the baby still and all that. And our our three-year-old, Elia, uh, was walking right behind, and, and she said something that really caught me off guard. She said to me, hey, Dad, can I help hold your water bottle? I was like, you're amazing, <laughs> and I'm an amazing parent. This is going so well. This is a big water bottle for three years. This is like the size of her torso, okay? But she wanted to see if she could help carry my water bottle, and I said, thank you, Elia. That's so kind, and I handed her the water bottle, and she carried the water bottle all the way to our destination, and to me, this was a milestone. This was a milestone in which she, she began to start to break out of that toddler stage where it's kind of all about me. And that's okay. Toddlers are meant to be all about me. It's a, a season developmentally of becoming an individual and separating yourself from your parents to kind of own it for yourself. And, and that's okay. That's very developmentally appropriate. But I saw this as like this really clear sign of a new behavior, a new ability, a new milestone in her life of thinking about others more than herself something inside of her at this stone had changed it had become new it's something that we had never really seen before and it's happened since just the other day like literally like two days ago I think she just asked me out of nowhere was driving in the car and she just said hey dad how was your day <laughs> what good job, Taylor, you're doing a great job, okay? <laughs> and I thought, I thought to myself, there it is again. Now, granted, in between those, there's definitely the toddlers. It's not perfect, okay? It doesn't all, you know, there's still road ahead in the journey, okay? We had just achieved a milestone. There was still road, a path ahead to cover. It was just this new kind, gracious, and empathetic little girl, And her act to me, that act of saying, hey, can I carry your water bottle, said something to me. It said a whole lot of things to me. And maybe you could say, Taylor, you're overthinking it. But gosh, the more I thought about it, and the more this has kind of happened progressively since that day, I I just thought to myself, this is, to me, what, what her act of kindness said to me was, Dad, I care about you. Dad, I love you. And I care about you and I love you and I want to help you primarily because for three years now, you and mom have loved me and cared for me, gone out of your way for me, and I am ready to respond. And the way to respond to what's happening in the inside, that feeling of love, right, is to manifest itself in an act, a behavior, a choice, a decision to do things differently, to say things differently differently to respond to that mutual love of each other in an external and outside way and my friends that is baptism and you may not have heard it that way before growing up in church if you grew up in church Or you may have been away from the church and you've seen it from the outside and why are they all dunking each other in the water? What's up with that? It's kind of strange and we're going to get there today. I'm going to explain more. But the bottom line, if you leave with anything today, that is the heart, the core that I hope you will leave with today. That sense of feeling loved, accepted, forgiven, and cared about so much so that you want to respond ...to what you're feeling inside on the outside. That's baptism. Baptism is an outward symbol of an inward decision. The inside has happened, and now it just kind of comes out to the world around you. That's baptism. The act of baptism in the Christian tradition is saying, I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to accept God's love for me shown through Jesus... Not just believe in it. Anybody can believe in something. I'm going to trust it. I'm going to put my faith in it. I'm going to have a relationship. Because isn't that the bedrock of relationships is trust? I'm going to trust Jesus. I'm going to put my faith in that love. My Father in Heaven's love for me. And I'm going to express that love in a response. In a milestone that we call Baptism. There's still road ahead. We haven't made it to the full destination yet, but we have most definitely hit a milestone, a new beginning, a new act, a new way of life. And maybe for you right now, you're hearing this and you're feeling this and, and you're kind of getting it or it's kind of scratching at the edge of your, your heart or your consciousness. And if that's you, then maybe baptism is your next step and we'll get there. But I just want you to kind of self-analyze and self-discover For yourself, the impact of this on your life. Because remember, discovery is the catalyst to growth and change. Elia saw the water bottle, and because of the love she felt inside, she responded. And I'm going to be honest with you. As a father, I felt very honored and loved back. And that's what I think God feels When we get baptized, when we respond out of his love. And you might have experienced this before with somebody else, maybe with your own kids, maybe with a friend or family member, a loved one or a spouse. You may have had a similar experience when somebody did something for you. So kind, so altruistically, so compassionately that you were just so moved to say, you know what, that was so kind. So you went on Facebook, you made a post about it. Oh my gosh, they're so awesome. Or you told all your friends about it. Oh, wow, they're so kind. They did this thing for me. And I just, I was so compelled to respond and tell everybody about how I felt. So you'll never guess then how Jesus started his ministry. How Jesus kicked off the whole thing, the whole Christian thing, like literally the beginning, the start of the whole thing. What did he do? Baptized. He wanted an outward symbol of what was happening on the inside. So he went to the Jordan River, found a guy named John the Baptist. His, his name's not John the Baptist. It's just John, but he's known for baptizing people. So he became John the Baptist. He didn't even start the Baptist tradition, but, you know, they just put it together okay so he met John and John says Jesus I'm not worthy enough to baptize you and Jesus said John it's not about you don't mean to rebuke John but this isn't about you it's about me and what's about to begin it's about this moment this milestone And that's what baptism is. It's not about your parents and your parents pressuring you to get back in church and tell me how, did you go this Sunday and did you get baptized? Have you got baptized? You should get baptized. It's not about that. Mom, dad, it's not about you. It's about me and what's happening on the inside of me. I'm not doing the outward symbol to try to make the inside work. The inside is now working in a new way and I wanna show it on the outside. And so he went down to the Jordan River and he got baptized by John in the Jordan River to do what? To honor his father in heaven, to mark a new beginning. And he was washed in the water. And he was in so doing, the reason we do this baptizing thing, the reason that it's associated with water is because there is a two, 3,000 year tradition in Judaism of the Old Testament. If you read the Old Testament, you look for all these references about water, Water was always associated with new beginnings, of a milestone, of something tr- transforming, of being changed because of something God did with his people. might be familiar with Noah and the ark. It was a refreshing. It was a cleansing and a new beginning. When, when the, um, the, you might have heard the story of the exiles, they're leaving Egypt. And what did they have to cross to get out of Egypt? We just talked about this a few months ago. They crossed the Red Sea, or depending on your translation, the Sea of Reeds. And why were there a Sea of Reeds is because there was a shallow water that they had to cross to mark this transition of Egypt being now behind them and a new future before them. When they finally got to go into the Promised Land, what river, what river did they cross to get into the Promised Land? You Bible nerds out there, they crossed the—there's like two Bible nerds. Okay, that's fine—crossed the Jordan River. Yeah, and the the water part, and they crossed the Jordan River to mark a new beginning. And from that point on, in the new law, and like Leviticus and all that stuff, they were always called to wash themselves. Not because they were actually, you know, thinking, oh, I'm washing the bacteria away, and you know, I'm I'm trying to be clean. They didn't know anything about that. To them, it was just about honoring God and becoming ceremonially clean. Water always, in their tradition, marked milestones, renewal, repentance, which repentance means new paths, uh, new direction. So if you have pastors up there yelling about, you need to repent, you need to repent, you need to repent, that's not bad. It's just not as angry as it, it, it comes across. It's just like, hey, you're going maybe not such a great direction. You need to choose a new direction, a new path. That's repentance. Transformation always began with water. So Jesus got baptized and how did God respond? Some of you know how God responded. I think it was incredible. I think this was a really powerful, incredible moment. Like if you were there watching this whole thing, you'd be just like, what is going on? You got chills. It's just incredible. Jesus is in the water. He's coming out of the water. And, and literally what happens? As soon as Jesus was baptized, as soon as he was baptized, he got out of the water. And at that moment, at that very moment, the heavens were opened we're going to talk about heaven next month, so you got to be here for that. We'll really grasp what heaven. Essentially, the gap, the barrier between heaven and earth was split apart so that the spirit of God could come down like a dove alighting on Jesus. And then what did God say? This is my son. And my son, I I love him. And I am well pleased. And myself, I, I would not. In that moment, Elliot grabbing the water bottle, I'm going to be honest with you, those are the words that I wish I would have had at the tip of my tongue. That's my daughter. And I love her. And I am well pleased. Think about that relationship. Think about if your earthly father or your earthly mother would say those words to you. When you stepped out on faith to honor them and to trust them, and they responded and they said, son, daughter of mine, I love you. Back up. They split heaven and earth open. And then they said, love you. Pleased with you. That'd be pretty awesome. That'd be pretty nice. That would be a defining moment possibly in your, in your relationship. You probably not forget that moment. There's probably moments that you remember in relationships with other people, don't you? With, uh, in relationships with other people, where they said something, they did something so profound that it has stuck with you. And you remember where you were that moment that they said those things, that they did those things. And it just, wow, that's like a, a pillar, a milestone of your relationship with them. Now, is my and Elia's relationship perfect? We still got work to do. She's three. <laughs> but did our relationship change a bit that day? Yeah. Have we been growing ever since? You bet. And am I loving every minute of it, even the not so great moments, for the most part, sometimes I get a little angry between the hours of 9 p.m. and 6 a.m. I struggle with those. Um, but, but we're getting there. It was a milestone, and I'll never forget it. And that's why Jesus said, When he left the earth, he died, rose again, okay, got his disciples together, talked to them a bit. Right before he ascended into heaven, what did Jesus say? He said, go out, disciples of mine, Jesus followers, Christians, go out, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. And what do you do when you make a disciple, a new follower of Jesus, a new Christian? You baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Just like on my baptism day, who was present? The Son, the Father, and the Holy Spirit. He says, model it after me. We're supposed to be baptized too, just like him, when we decide to trust, when we reach that milestone, and we let everybody know it. Paul expounds a lot more on um, baptism. Paul, the apostle who, you know, put... Christians in jail and locked them up and split families families apart and executed people uh, that were Christians. Christian hater Paul, who then goes on to be a Jesus follower, who then goes on to write most of the New Testament in the Bible. I mean, church starter, incredible story, incredible testimony of Jesus working in someone's life. That Paul, he said, This is how I've experienced. This is how I've seen other people experience baptism. This is how it happens. He says, don't you know? Because they didn't know. Don't you know that all of us who were baptized, and in this version of baptism, he's not talking about the outward symbol right now. He's talking about the inward decision. He's talking about when we're baptized in here, the first thing. the the first step. He says, when you were baptized inside into Christ Jesus, when you became like partnered with him, adopted with him, you were like seen as a part of Jesus and about Jesus's family. You are sons and daughters of the most high God. When you become a part of that family, you're baptized into that. You were baptized first, he says, into his death. It's like, time out. I thought we were supposed to be cheering and celebrating. How are we baptized into his death? And he's referencing Jesus' death on the cross. He says, now you become a part on the inside of Jesus' death. What he's saying there is, we all have a past. Some of our pasts are better than others. Some of our pasts, some of us, I'm not saying all of us, but some of us have some regrets. You know, we look back and we'd rather have done some things differently. We've said some things that we probably shouldn't have said. We've tried to really control our own life. We've let our ego and our pride get in the way, and we pushed God back, and we pushed other people back. We pushed the church back and Christians back, and we blame it on the Christians and the stereotypes, and we blame it on the hypocrisy and all this other stuff. But ultimately, it's just us. Ultimately, we just in our past have tried to control our own life and have made poor decisions. Like you were there, I've said this before, you're there for all the decisions you regret in your life, right? You were present when you made that choice that you now regret, that you wish you could have done over. Paul says, when you get baptized into Christ, just as Christ died, that old part of you, that's going to die too. Because to make room for the new you, the old you has to die off. The sin When you've missed the mark with God and your neighbor, that has to die. The ego has to die. The pride has to die. The regret, the guilt, the shame that you've been carrying, that needs to die. To which we should all say, Christian or not, amen. I don't want to carry that shame anymore. I don't want to carry that guilt anymore. Who wants that in your life, in your heart? Paul says exactly: This is not a bad thing to die to your old self. This is a freeing thing. To die to the past and the hurt and the wrong and find something new. Because you were baptized into into um, death with him, therefore buried with him. Because what do you do with dead things? You bury them. They're gone. They disintegrate and dissolve. You are baptized into his death, the old part is gone, so that, in order that, just as Christ then was raised from the dead three days later, raised from the dead, through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. A life we're free of the past of sin and shame and guilt. A new life of new decisions, of hope and joy. forgiveness of following Jesus, new life, now and forever, sounds pretty good, regardless of where you are in your faith journey. I mean, that promise, if it's real, that would be pretty good, wouldn't it? That's why... When we baptize here at Infuse, which you're going to see um, next week and, and the next Sunday after that, the next two Sundays, that's why we dunk people underwater. I didn't grow up in that tradition. We'll talk about here, that here in a second. But, but that's why we baptize people into water. Because when you go under the water, can you breathe? Okay, good. I <laughs> Okay, okay. <laughs> this is why some of you don't want to be baptized. Because you're like, I just don't want to go under water. I can't breathe underwater. That's right. That's the point. Because if you stay under there long enough, you're going to die, drown, which leads to, okay, you're getting me. Okay, die. This is the metaphorical person. I hope you're getting that. We're putting you underwater, so you're dying. And then guess what? We bring you back out. See, that's the good news. Okay? You don't have to stay there. We come back. And in that, there is new life. It's a symbol. It's an outward symbol of death And new life that's already happened on the inside now showing out in new life on the outside. Elia in this moment, this was a small like sliver of what baptism is. Her old self is beginning to be shed away. The old toddler self is going away and she's becoming a new person, a new adult. Same, you know, same person, but just a new life, a new way of doing things. And it manifested itself by holding this water bottle. Let me put it a different way. Baptism is not a condition of salvation or of new life. Baptism is evidence of it. Some of you grew up in a faith tradition where uh, until you were physically water baptized, you were not considered saved. You did not consider that you had new life. Baptism is the outward symbol of something that has already happened in here. If you read through any of the gospel accounts, the stories of Jesus' life, he cared the most about what? You and your heart. Because he knew if you would let him and his spirit into your heart, it would change your actions. If you would let his spirit into your mind and your heart, it would change your actions. It's not a condition of salvation. It's evidence of salvation. An inner decision to follow Jesus, to make him Lord, to trust him, and to accept God's love for you. Now, I want to get real practical as we wrap this up, okay? Because most churches, most churches, agree with everything I've set up until this point. And then we kind of go some different directions, like a lot of different directions, especially on the topic of form and timing, how we baptize you and when we baptize you. Not all churches agree on this. Shocker. Okay. Don't agree on a lot of things, but this is one of them. Okay. So I just want to touch on form and timing just in a practical sense. Okay. Some churches sprinkle. Okay. Some churches wash. Okay. Some churches have a big fancy fount. Some people have like a bowl. Okay? Some people have a pond, okay? the form. We at Infuse do not get too picky with how you go about it. Okay? It's not super critical. We choose preferably to do immersion in response to that whole Romans thing dying, and we just feel like that's more symbolic of what's actually happened on the inside. But if you got, grew up and you were sprinkle baptized, you know, they took a little sprinkle, you know, like that, and you're good with that, I'm good with that. Okay. Not too picky on the form. Okay. The timing though, a little bit more picky. We care a little bit more about the, when you get baptized because we have, I know this is going to be shocking to you. We have this incredible ability to drag our feet on things that make us uncomfortable. Do you, do you know that? You know, that's why some of you don't pay your bills, right? Drag your feet. Okay, that hit home for somebody. Sorry, sorry. Hopefully not too much. Okay. You know, some of you, you know, there, there's just certain things that I'm not sure about that. So you just drag your feet. Okay. Some, yeah, well, that's going to get off topic. Okay, let's stay back on foot. Okay. We drag our feet. We put it on the back burner. And I think the biggest reason for a lot of us is it makes us uncomfortable. We don't think we know enough. We don't think we've arrived. And so we give ourselves all the excuses in the world to not get baptized. If that's you, I want you to remember that Jesus hadn't done really any miracles when he got baptized. He hadn't done anything to earn his baptism yet. Honestly, not many people even knew who Jesus was at this point in the story. He hadn't even called his disciples yet. This is the beginning. And yet he went and got baptized. Why? Because it had happened in here, and so he needed to show it out there. Jesus said to his disciples, what did he say? Go and make disciples and baptize them. Isn't that what he said? And then we're going to teach them everything that I have commanded. Teach them everything I have commanded you. So you're going to learn after you've decided to follow Jesus, baptized, and then you have the whole rest of life to learn to understand, to grow and obey. Put it in a different way. Decide and get baptized. Decide and get baptized. Decide and get baptized. You don't have to have it all figured out because you never will. I mean, at what point do you feel like, eh, I got it figured out enough? Like, if you could define it for me so I could then understand, but I don't understand, at what point is it going to be enough? How much knowledge do you have to get for it to be enough. And so we excuse ourselves, and we walk away from it. And instead, I would encourage you to wrestle with it, and wrestle. Ask yourself the question, okay, self, at what point is it going to be enough? At what point am I going to decide to trust Jesus's love enough? Every year, I can tell you, from the moment I came back to faith in Christ after being agnostic, and um and and my call to ministry i have continued to grow and learn year after year after year and i don't think i'll ever get there okay taylor so uh i got the timing the form that kind of thing what about like babies and baby baptism and infant baptism okay you know i was baptized as an infant does that count and I don't know, should I get my kids baptized? My parents really want my kids to be baptized. And no, I'm stuck between my kids and my parents. And I'm like, I'm an adult mom and dad. But they're like, no, you're not. You need to get your grand, my grandkids baptized. And so now we got anger and frustration and tension. This happens all the time. And so then it's awkward and uncomfortable. And how do you figure this out? And you come to me and say, Taylor, can we just you know, give them the dunk so get my parents off my back? And I'm like, mm-hmm. <clears throat> here's how I'm going to respond to this. Let's have a conversation. This thing right there. We're going to talk about it. We're not going to Facebook message about it. We're not going to text about it. We're not going to email about it. We're going to sit down. We're just going to have a conversation. And ultimately, my hope with having a conversation is so that you can make an educated and informed decision. You understand your options. You understand why. You understand the, the, the how and the why behind what you're about to do or what you're about to do with your children and their future. And I want you to make a wise and understood decision. A wise and confident decision. Because I think part of the reason we feel stuck sometimes between parents or others and on this topic is because, honestly, deep down, we just don't know. And that's okay. Guess what? I didn't know either for a long time. Not until I went to seminary and I read some books and I just figured it out, okay? Tried to get it. So I just want to lay that all out there, and so let's have a conversation. That's how I'm going to respond to a lot of questions, okay? The last resistance, the last big resistance that I get from people, especially here at Infuse, um, is we record your story. When you get baptized, we sit you down, we talk through your story, why you're choosing to be baptized, and then we put you in front of a camera, which seems intimidating, and we have you record it. But it's not really intimidating, because the great thing about a camera, you can stop and re-record and stop and re-record, which some of you We do that a lot, okay? But we get there at the end, all right? So, and I know that's overwhelming, but if you go to our website, okay, you can go to infuse.church slash stories, and you can watch, there's more pages, more stories, stories of people and how they came to their decision of faith. And I realize you could say to me, well, Taylor, I don't think, um, you know, back in the Bible days that they had cameras and they recorded our stories and that kind of thing. And you would be right. There were no cameras in Jesus' day. That's, that's very correct, okay? But it was very public because Jesus got baptized on the banks of the Jordan. And the Jordan was a major waterway. And people would go there to wash their clothes and to find food and, and uh, get water. And, and there would be people there. In fact, at Jesus' baptism, there were a lot of people that were there. It was very public. And that's why Um, And that's why we do that. Because as Christians, we're called to go public with our faith. And in this day and age, in this century, video is a great way to do that. Videos can go on social media and reach people that you would never be able to reach on your own. Your story, your testimony on what's happened on the inside can impact people, continents, away. It's incredible. A three-minute video can change people's lives that you will never see. You will never meet. I don't think that's as scary as it is just simply awesome. And I'll be honest, my faith grows from hearing your stories, your testimonies of what's happened in here. And so I hope you wouldn't get too caught up with the story thing, because the story thing is really quite powerful, so if baptism, maybe, is your next step or somebody that you know, somebody that you care about, if baptism is a maybe, not definitely, but maybe your next step, you need to go and infuse that church slash baptism and fill out the application. And that begins a conversation. It begins a conversation. That's the next step. For those of you who have been baptized, hopefully now you're at a point where you know, yeah, you know what, I feel like this is my baptism. And if not, and you have questions, I'm like, I don't know if I was baptized. Was I really baptized? Was it more my parents' faith? You know, was my baptism as an infant more a reflection of my parents' faith versus my faith? You got questions around that? Go here. Start here. Start a conversation. And we will help you to make the right decision for you help inform you and find confidence in that decision. Here's the last thing. This is what I'm going to leave you with. So look up here. If you're watching online, you know, put down the laundry, focus in just two minutes. If you're on the edge, if you're nervous, if you're like, ah, I got to resist. I'm trying to drag my feet, trying to find excuses not to be baptized. Here's what I want to leave you with. This feels unfair, but it's honest. Jesus died for you. And the thing he calls you to do in response to his sacrifice is to get baptized. That's it. If you're sitting there, I'm nervous about the camera, or I'm not sure my story's that special, so I don't want to share it out loud. Jesus died for you. Because he loves you that much. So don't you think that any fear of, oh, my hair's gonna get wet, what am I gonna look like when I come out of the tub, what's the water temperature like, who's gonna hear my story, I'm not sure I wanna go public, what are my coworkers gonna say, what are my family gonna say? Don't you think that kinda, is just a little bit trivial compared to someone dying on a Roman cross because they loved you that much. Our excuses start to fall, I think, just a little short of what Jesus went through for us, went through for you. And I think baptism in a small way honors Jesus' sacrifice and honors God in a way that he really appreciates. And guess what? Baptism could change someone's life Your story could change someone's life. Your decision to go public with your faith could change someone else's life. Someone who you'll never know their name, but they will never forget yours. You will never see them, but they will never forget you. And what God has done in your life that you chose to share outwardly. Why keep that from someone I keep that from yourself? A new life of freedom, forgiveness, and love. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for your son. Thank you for this opportunity to respond, to respond to your love, to respond to your son's sacrifice, and to experience new life, to experience a milestone, Not the end, not the destination. That will come in time. But a significant milestone, a decision to trust you. Lord, if there are people here today that are on the fence trying to decide, is baptism my next right step? Have I crossed that decision threshold to follow your son, to accept your love of me? Lord, help them to take that step right now. To stop dragging feet, putting it on the back burner. Today is the day to cross that line of faith to cross that line of trusting the creator of the universe who sent his son not to condemn the world but to save it to save us why because he so loved the world help us to remove our resistance and trust you help those of us who have been baptized and and have been following you for a long time remember what that baptism so many years ago meant or for some of us so many weeks ago or so many months ago meant the significance of that moment and the new life we can have from you, in you. Because sometimes, Lord, we, we get on the wrong path and we're hitting the wrong milestones and we need to come back to the right one. The freedom that we find in you, the past that has died behind us, the past that we honestly, many of us desperately want to die and the peace that we can find when we follow you, when we're on your path. Lord, help us to make that decision. Help us to not leave this room, get back in the car and walk away, to go on to something as simple as a website, to click on the link online, to respond and be baptized, to honor you, to love you. Right now. Lord, give us the courage to make that step, the faith to make that step, to respond and honor your love and your sacrifice for us. In your name I pray. Amen.